Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to the Friday broadcast of Hope for Your Heart. This is Pastor Calvin Corbett. So glad that you're joining us today. And I know it's Friday, but Sunday's coming, and I hope that you have made plans to worship somewhere this weekend. Well, why don't you come on to Hickory Ridge Community Church at 3320 Battlefield Boulevard at 9 o'clock or at 1045. We would love to see you, love to worship with you. And uh, today on the broadcast, I'm talking about the resurrection. I don't want you to know something. The resurrection of Jesus Christ changes everything. Yes, it changes everything. On February 27th, 1991, at the height of Desert Storm, Ruth Dillow received a very sad message. She got a sad message from Pentagon. It stated that her son, Clayton Carpenter, private first class, had stepped on a landmine in Kuwait and was dead. Ruth later wrote, I cannot begin to describe my grief and my shock. It was almost more than I could bear. For three days, I wept. For three days, I expressed anger and loss. For three days, people tried to comfort me to no avail because the loss was just too great. But three days after she received that message, the telephone rang. The voice on the other end said, Mom, it's me, Clayton. I'm alive. Ruth Dillo said, I couldn't believe it at first. But then I recognized his voice, and he really was alive. The message that she had received was all a mistake. She said, I laughed. I cried. I felt like turning cartwheels because my son, whom I thought was dead, was really alive. Now, I'm sure none of you can even begin to understand how I felt. That was reported in the Los Angeles Times on March 1991. What does I think about the resurrection of Christ? When Jesus was crucified on Thursday, and on Friday the disciples wept, and all day Saturday the disciples mourned, until finally on that first day of the week, early in the morning, while some women were on their way to the path that led to the tomb, wondering who in the world would roll away the tombstone from them so that they could anoint the body of Christ. When they arrived, they found that stone had already been rolled away, and the angel was there and told them, you're looking in the wrong place. You're looking for Jesus among the dead. He is not dead. He is alive. He is arisen. Even as he said, he is alive. You see, that is why every Sunday morning we celebrate. We celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He is alive. Now, if there is no Easter, where is our joy? We should abandon all things Christian if Jesus never rose again. This is how Paul addresses this subject in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and he says, Let me now remind you, brothers and sisters, of the good news that I preached to you before. You welcomed it then, and you still stand firm in it. It is the good news that saves you if you continue to believe the message that I told you. Unless, of course... You believe something that was never true in the first place. I passed on to you what was most important and what also had been passed on to me, that Christ 
died for our sins. Just as the scripture said, he was buried, he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scriptures said. He was seen by Peter and then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. And if Christ has not been raised, then all of our preaching is useless, and your faith is useless. And we apostles would all be lying about God. For we have said that God raised Christ from the dead. But that can't be true if there is no resurrection of the dead. And if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you are still guilty of your sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. And our hope in Christ is only for this life. We are to be pitied more than anyone else in the world. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of the great harvest of all who died. And what value was there in fighting wild beasts of these Ephesians if there will be no resurrection from the dead? And if there is no resurrection, let's feast and drink, for tomorrow we will die. As I have read this account in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I want to ask you a question. Everybody loves Jesus, right? Well, everybody loves the Sermon on the Mount. Even the politicians love the Sermon on the Mount. Now, they probably wouldn't love it so much if they actually read it, but we love the story of the prodigal son, right? We love the sayings of Jesus. We love the fact that he fed the poor and he loved the poor and and he loved justice and mercy and grace. Even if you're not a follower of Jesus or a Christian, there's so much that you want to love about Jesus. Everything you know about Jesus, everything you appreciate about Jesus, the sayings of Jesus that you quote, the stories of Jesus that you love, the example that Jesus left, all who came to believe in Jesus and the fact that he rose again from the dead. Everything we know about Jesus came from the writings of men who in those same writings said, oh yeah, and by the way, he rose from the dead. You see, the problem is this. You believe even though you're really busy, you have jobs and you have kids to raise and you've got to get the kids to soccer practice and you got to go to work and and then there's tennis and then there's the neighborhood association and you're busy and you don't have the time to be theologically sophisticated. So I want to help you to understand what you believe, things that you probably believe, but you don't know why you believe them. Here's what some of you believe, and I want you to know that I love you, but here's where you are. You believe that in the first century, there was a group of people who so appreciated the person of Jesus and so appreciated the teachings of Jesus, they so appreciated the example that Jesus left us, that when he died, they got together and said, we can't let this stop. We've got to keep this teaching going. We've got to make sure that this dream that Jesus gave us, this teaching that Jesus taught us, we got to make sure that it keeps going past the first century. And we got to make sure that nothing happens to this message. So let's make up a really, really, really big lie in order to keep the truth of Jesus out there. 
But what would have happened if Jesus never rose again? Well, I see there's five things that happens if Jesus never rose again. Number one, we see that if Jesus never rose again, then Jesus is a waste of time. Look at verse number 14, going back to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. If Christ has not been raised from the dead, we have nothing to preach. You see, the only reason you know there is a Jesus, the only things you know about Jesus were written by the same people who told us he physically rose from the dead. I have a friend who is a missionary to the Philippines. Many years ago, on a dare, he stole a Bible from a Christian bookstore. Now, what are you going to do with a Bible that you have stolen? Well, he decided to read it. And it says, don't steal. But he also read it, and he learned about Jesus, and he became a follower of Christ. He learned in Ephesians 4.28 that he who stole should steal no more. And so he became a follower of Christ and became under conviction that he stole the Bible. So he decided to go back to the Christian bookstore to return the Bible. He explained to the manager that he stole the Bible on a dare. As he was reading the Bible, he became a follower of Christ. And now he's under conviction that he stole the Bible and he wanted to make amends. Thankfully, the bookstore manager says, you can have the Bible and actually signed the inside of it. Today, that guy uh, who stole that Bible is a missionary in the Philippines. Amazing story, right? But if Jesus never rose again from the dead, there's no conversion of this man who got saved by reading the Bible. Jesus would be a waste of time. There's something else that happens if Jesus never rose again from the dead. Number two, our faith is meaningless and we are delusional. Look at verse number 14. There's nothing to believe. Verse number 17, your faith is a delusion. If Jesus never rose again, we are being good, good for nothing. You see, one day we're going to stand before God. As I grow older, the tooth fairy and Santa Claus and uh, all these things are great little scenarios, but I have my doubts about Santa Claus and I have my doubts about the tooth fairy. You know, I keep these things to myself. The tooth fairy doesn't exist. I never heard of an adult coming to a believing understanding that there is a tooth fairy or there is a Santa Claus. I've never seen that happen. As we get older, we stop believing in Santa Claus. We stop believing in the tooth fairy. But those who follow Christ, our faith is based upon the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If Jesus never rose again from the dead, our faith is delusional. We have nothing to believe. But I don't see that happening. I see my faith getting stronger the closer I get to the day of meeting my Savior. My faith is not delusional. It is strengthened by the fact that Jesus rose again. But if Jesus never rose again, whatever we say about him is a waste of time. Our faith is meaningless and our faith is delusional. There's something else about the fact or the allocation that if Jesus never rose again from the dead, we're also lying about God. Acts 2.32 says, more than that, we are shown to be lying about God. This Jesus, God rose up, 
and of that we all are witnesses. Now, everything you think that you know about heaven, you know, they'll throw it away. You see, whether you've ever read the Bible or not, or whether you believe in Jesus or not, 90% of what we think about heaven came from the guys who told you that Jesus rose from the dead. You should abandon everything Christian if Jesus didn't rise from the dead. To try to say that he didn't rise and to hang on to some of these extraordinary teachings on heaven and, and healing is really irrational. I mean, how could the teaching about heaven be accurate when the same men who taught us about heaven also taught us about the resurrection of Christ unless Jesus did rise from the dead? But if he didn't, it's irrational to really believe that there's a heaven to gain by putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. But Jesus did indeed rise from the dead. There's a fourth point that I want to cover. If Jesus never rose from the dead, not only are we lying about God, and not only is our faith meaningless and we're delusional, not only what we say about Jesus is a real waste of time, but number four, we are lost and we should be pitied. Look at verse number 18. Believers in Christ who have died are lost. You see, if Jesus never rose again, heaven is a fable, and praying in Jesus' name is complete foolishness. You may as well pray in your name, or in your mother's name, or your friend's name. But don't pray in Jesus' name. He's lost, and you're lost too. We should be pitied if Jesus never rose again from the grave because we're putting in our trust in a guy who is a, a liar, a guy who is pathological. Heaven is a fable if Jesus never rose again from the grave. There's something else that we got to cover. If Jesus never rose again from the grave, the fifth point is all of our sacrificing is in vain. Uh, well, we're down to verses 30 and 32 of 1 Corinthians 15. Paul says, Why do we endanger ourselves every hour? Paul says, I fought wild beasts in Ephesus for merely human reasons. What have I gained? If the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. You see, if Jesus never rose again, you are generous for nothing. And now let me ask you a question. How long is a decade? About 10 years. How long is two decades? Uh, 20 years. Well, how about three decades? Uh, that's 30 years. You know, 30 years ago, there was a song that hit the charts, a song entitled Achy Breaky Heart. And if you remember, uh, who was the one who sang that song and really made it popular? Uh, Don Van Tress wrote it, but Billy Ray Cyrus sang it, right? You know, An Achy Breaky Heart is a song that it still rings in my mind all these years later. And the words go like this. You can tell the world you never was my girl. You can burn my clothes when I'm gone. Or you can tell your friends just what a fool I've been and laugh and joke about me on the phone. You can tell my arms, go back into the phone. You can tell my feet to hit the floor, 
Or you can tell my lips to tell my fingertips. They won't be reaching out for you no more. But don't tell my heart, my achy, breaky heart. I just don't think it understand. And if you tell my heart, my achy, breaky heart, he might blow up and kill this man. In other words, Billy Ray Cyrus is saying, don't break my heart. Don't reject me. We could say, as followers of Christ, all this sacrificing that we do in the name of Jesus Christ is going to break our achy heart when we find the truth that Jesus never rose again from the dead. Our sacrificing is in vain. But Jesus did rise again. And because he rose again, it changes everything. Well, let me just give you three real quick in a few moments that we have left. The resurrection changes our view of the cross and of the tomb. Look what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 21 and 22. For as by a man's death, by a man has come the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ shall all be made alive. You see, the cross was known only as an instrument of horrible death. Rough wood, soaked with human blood. So terrible was this form of execution that the Roman Empire prohibited crucifixion of Roman citizens. Crucifixion was only for the worst of slaves and enemies of the empire. But today, because of his resurrection, we actually wear a replica, the cross, as a piece of jewelry. It's a thing of beauty. For all around the world, the cross is seen as a symbol of hope and a reminder of God's love for us. Okay, well, that's the cross, but what about the tomb? Before the resurrection, for most of the world, the grave was looked upon as the final chapter, the closing of a great door at the end of everything. But because of his resurrection, we can rejoice today that beyond death is where life really begins, and it will never end. That makes you wonder, doesn't it? Why would we spend so much time worrying and fretting about material things? All of our lives, it seems we work and we struggle to accumulate things that we think are important. But when we're dealing with death, what happens after death? Then all of these things seem so unimportant, so inconsequential. What difference does it really make what kind of car we drive? or what kind of house we live in, or what kind of clothes we're wearing, if we're talking about eternity, then what difference do they really make? On one side of the resurrection, everything we see is temporary. Only the things we cannot see are eternal. What a difference the resurrection makes. You see, the resurrection changes our view of the cross and of the tomb. There's something else that the resurrection does. The resurrection transforms our view of life. You see, doubt has ruined more people than failure. As we think about Jesus rising again from the dead, we no longer have to battle doubt. Paul put it this way in Romans chapter 6, beginning at verse number 4. We died, we were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, Now we also may live new lives. 
since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin, for we died with Christ. We were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know that we will also live with Him. You see, life becomes more meaningful because Christ rose again from the dead. Our lives have been transformed. Our view of life has been transformed. A survey question was done asking this simple question. Do you think the next generation will be better off than the present generation? You see, life was never about being better off. It was always about survival. That survey question was never asked before the resurrection of Jesus Christ until he rose again. You see, his resurrection makes a world of difference. It changes the way we think. It changes the way we live. And there's one last thing that the resurrection does. It transforms our view of death. In John chapter 11, Jesus gathers his disciples around and in verse number 25, he says, I am the resurrection and a life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. And then Jesus in verse 26 asked this question. Do you believe this? that I am the resurrection and the life, that if you believe in me, although you're going to die physically, you're going to live eternally. If you believe in me, you shall never die. Do you believe in this? You know, our God is in the business of changing lives. Dale Evans once said, I spent most of my life searching for the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Then I finally found it at the foot of the cross. Henry Garrity's book, Portraits of Grace, tells the story about Carl. Carl was a very rich man who owned a great estate. One of his favorite pastimes was riding horseback through his valley, looking at everything that he owned and congratulating himself on his great wealth. One day, as Carl was riding along, he came up over a hill. And in the distance, he saw one of his tenant farmers, an old man by the name of Hans. It was lunchtime, and Hans had set a little table under the shade of the tree and was getting ready to eat. But he noticed that before he ate, Hans bowed his head, folded his hands in prayer to give thanks to God for his food. Carl watched the old man as he prayed. Then he looked at his meal. It was only a slice of coarse bread and a piece of cheese. With a sneer, Carl said, If that's all I had to eat, I wouldn't even bother to pray. Hans replied humbly, It's enough, and I'm thankful that God has provided it. Taken back by the old man's answer, Carl tore his horse and prepared to ride away. But before he could, old Hans said, Wait a minute. I need to tell you something. I had a dream last night. In my dream, I saw a beautiful scene. 
And then I heard a voice saying, Tonight, the richest man in the valley will die. Tonight, the richest man in the valley will die. Poppycock, said Carl as he rode off toward his home. But as he was riding, the words of old Hans haunted him. Tonight, the richest man in the valley will die. Up to that point, he had felt quite well. But now he was beginning to experience some pains in his chest and he wondered, could it possibly be true? I'm going to die tonight. When he reached home, he called his doctor and told him what old Hans' dream had said about his life. Told about the pains that he was feeling and the doctor said, well, it doesn't sound like anything you ought to be too concerned about, but just to put your mind at ease, I'll come over and I'll examine you. So reassured, Carl went to bed. The next morning there was a knock on his door And the messenger said, Carl, old Hans died last night. He was truly the richest man in the valley who died last night. You see, Paul wrote, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? Thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. You see, the resurrection makes the difference. Before things seemed so unimportant, but now they become pretty significant. If you'd like to hear this broadcast again, you can have a free download at buzzsprout.com backslash 1890557, or you can listen on Amazon, Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast. Hickory Ridge Community Church is located at 3320 Battlefield Boulevard South in Chesapeake, Virginia. Sunday service times are 9 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. We'd love for you to join us. For more information, go to hrcc7.org. And remember, no matter what you're going through, in Jesus Christ, there is always hope for your heart.